I do like that it's it's kind of official. It's like you and Blake had your uh, had your pro wrestling waifus draft like at the very beginning, and you each took uh, Becky and uh, and Sasha, and then I showed showed up and I showed up and I was like, I'm picking Oscar. It's like one of the it was like one of the like the, the first five like like shows we had to do like mine. That one's that's my draft pick. That's yeah, my yeah. girl. And now we me and Blake have to just like quietly come on come onto the Facebook chat and be like, Hey bud. Yeah, she tapped out to Natty. We're sorry. We're sorry it happened. Are you okay? Can <laughs> I we read do that? And I was just like of the of the two people that could have been in this combination and it would have been acceptable because you could have had either one of them tap out Kyrie. That would have been fine. You could have had Charlotte tap out Oscar. That would have been fine. But now Natty is like built up as the least threatening wrestler that wins that much. Yeah. <laughs> So welcome to Fight Boys, the show about professional and not-so-professional wrestling. I am your host, Scotty Moore. I am the size of five Marco stunts, the Dillon. <laughs> you could take five Marcos, put them in a pod, and what would emerge would be the Dillon. Um, but we do have to say, unfortunately, um, well, we didn't want to bring it up, but Blake did uh, is still stuck in Saudi Arabia. Blake is on. Uh, we don't know when. There's apparently mechanical issues with the plane, but we really hope that Blake gets back to us soon. It, it would be his luck that he would be stuck in a dry country. <laughs> yeah, though he's just like running throughout the airport, screaming to the heavens, like "No, I need whiskey." <laughs> So, holy fuck wrestling happened this week. That's the beauty of this show now coming at, like, a week after all the wrestling happens. But I was like, ah, not much has happened this week. Oh, wait a minute. The Rick and Morty episode of AEW. The fucking Buckwild ROH stuff that we're definitely gonna get into. The NXT invasion, Saudi Arabia. Holy shit, wrestling. Calm down. It is kind of weird though, because like everything we talk about has already been talked to death by the time we release this. Like it's, but it's like it's good for us. Like yeah, like our like our, our fun, friendly, like round circle talk about things is always well informed. Uh, oh, if, did you think people came to us for news? Is that what you thought this whole time? Not news, but maybe like current commentary instead of week old commentary. Like you can eat week old bagels, but they're not as enjoyable. Yeah. So I do like that we were like, what's going to be the Rick and Morty thing? Why Why is it going to be like an animation or no, basically I was, I was half right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, no, basically what it was, was they decided to make all the turnbuckles have Rick and Morty on it. And then the I will say the ring post looked dope because it had like that green swirly shit up and down them. But other than that, there was little to no Rick and Morty. What, Until what are, you, what, are you, what are you what are you talking about, Scotty? The, the, the best friends. <laughs> I've by the I've, way, I maintain that uh, the best friends like like theme music slaps the hardest of any AEW theme music. Also, if you ask me what tag team should come out like to the Rick and Morty bit, I don't know why, but yeah, best friends is like the obvious choice for that. Because, and I lo- because that seems like something that the creators of their already entrance video be like, yeah, they're wrestlers. And then their video has like 
stock pictures of people holding hands and aliens and dogs. Yeah, fuck it. Like that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. There. They're I, already there. I've never heard Justin Roiland more unsure of himself than as he, as Rick and Morty, had to introduce the best friends. Because they start coming out, and I'm like, fuck yeah, the best friends. And then I just heard, all right, coming down to the ring is um, the team of uh, Sexy Chucky T and uh, Trent. It's the best friends. I'm like, oh, Justin has no idea what he's saying right now. He's very confused. That, that also sounds like how Morty would do it, so it it it, it pans out. Yeah, that checks out. That checks out. I do like how uh, I do like how they one dressed in those fucking outfits and not looking like happy that they are in the outfits. They just kind of walked out like, "This is what we're fucking doing now." I guess <laughs> this is our new deal in this company. But yeah, that was uh, like, like 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 Trent probably was more upset about it because he actually like they are the young bucks are very high on Trent as like an actual wrestler. Yeah, uh, but, but Chuck Taylor was like, "This allows me to buy seventy sixers tickets." Like, fuck y'all. <laughs> um, I do like that everyone online is just like, I don't know, AEW needs to ease back on all these references they're making because otherwise they're gonna end up alienating the wrestling audience. And this week, AEW said, "Hold my beer." Because we had all the Rick and Morty shit that made no sense but was awesome. And then... <laughs> JR said, Wubba Lubba Dub Dub. There's nothing. JR! <laughs> we and he can did... cut it. We can, we can cut it. It's done. It's over. We can I'll... back it up, guys. Back it up. Go up. It's not going to get any better. Back it up. I also love the cadence with that witchy because he was like, Wubba Lubba Dub Dub. That's what you wanted me to say, Excalibur. And Excalibur's, like, corpsing behind the mic, trying his best not to laugh. But, yeah, that happened. And then you had easily probably your top star of the company come out to the ring, and right before he comes on, a fucking, a fucking cutscene from a video game plays, which makes no sense in context. It's just taking a shot at New Japan. It, it, it is adding backstory. So, like, even if you know nothing about Undertale, you still see, like, this mysterious figure that you don't know that used to be his friend. Like, it's just like a video game where you don't know what's happening. You're like, who the fuck's that guy? So you'll find out later, maybe. Yeah, if we can get him. But then, of course, and I was at work, and I said, oh, Kenny's coming out to Megalovania. That's really interesting. And then I remembered what day it was and that it was right before Halloween. And I said, if this motherfucker comes out to this ring as Sans, I'm going to. And then at that moment, he comes out and I just start screaming. Customers were confused. No one knew what was going on. But I was like, this psychopath actually fucking did it. The mad lad. He actually went through with it. And then fucking Nick and Matt had to come out afterwards just like, Street Fighter again, right? <laughs> okay. We don't have a lot of things we could do. I really wish that he, that Kenny would have used the Akuma uh, gear that he never got to at, uh, at Fighter Fest. Oh, yeah. I will say that is probably the first thing that's ever gotten my wife to watch AEW was when I messaged her and said, Hey, Kenny just came out as Sans from Undertale, and she went, okay, I'm about to tune in, because I need to see this shit right now. It was good. It got a lot of views. Like, it, it got a lot of a lot of eyes on it. And it's, I, just Kenny, and it's just Kenny Omega being Kenny Omega. Like, he, he answers to no one at this point. I Really, I think ever since he got to 
to New Japan was as far as like the level because when in DDT they're like oh it's DDT but I think when he went to uh, to New Japan you could really see he's like no no creative control means more to me than your happiness yeah and i love the fact that uh, what's up with everyone on twitter when kenny does this shit and they act surprised and they're like what the fuck does kenny think he's doing this is ridiculous why would he do this i'm like do you know who the fuck kenny omega is post picture of when he first uh debuted in new japan wearing trunks and a long leather jacket and aviators he had long long like almost uh like mullet-esque like Mm -hmm. curled hair that was like had gray dyed in it yeah like fucking wesker are you fucking what do you mean what does he think he's being the same man he's been for at least the last decade (laughs) yeah um did you have you watched the seu uh lucha bros match yet uh the match itself no i just saw like the i saw the last minute which was i don't know it it was good for it, it was good because it showed not only like team cohesion but ring awareness and like while you want like a really flashy finish you weren't going to get that from either team because both teams need to build up for the rematch you don't you don't give it all away in the in the front end yeah okay okay fine <laughs> jesus i just I know, you hate it when i bring logic into booking don't you i've never i just this is the crowning of the first ever tag team championships and it was won one by not a roll-up essentially but just like a real cheesy easy win which i don't i don't know i didn't like it but i've not liked a lot of the matches from the tag team tournament so i'm definitely in the minority on that all the fit, all that's because a lot of the finishes have been old school booking finishes. Yeah, like like it's totally an old like like territory WCW move to like have people win via that because that's wrestling. It's unpredictable, especially tag team wrestling. Not not everything is a big flashy finish. Yeah, I forget who it was. Like look at Rio. Most of Rio's matches that she's won have been through pin combinations. She's hit no flash finishers on anyone. Well, that's also because it's Riho, though. Isn't it like, if if I see her go against somebody, I'm immediately like, she needs to be clever, and she needs to use something quick to get somebody, with like a roll-up or like a schoolboy. The Lucha Bros up to this point have been built as the most destructive of the tag teams. For the love of God, they almost murdered the Young Bucks. They killed I, Christopher Daniels. Yeah, they killed Christopher Daniels. Like, that was the thing, is that SEU arguably couldn't beat them in a straight-up fight. I mean, look where they were at the end of the match. There was no way to turn that around except by using their hubris against them. Okay. Scorpius guy did. Now, going back to something last week where you also disagreed with what I thought about uh, AEW, the Brandy Rhodes stuff is even more fucking confusing now. Like, they were like... He's Papa Shango. Yeah. They're layering the crazy, Scotty. It's brilliant. I was just like, because uh, I more listen more. More insane into it, and eventually it'll come full circle to being genius again. I literally thought back to last week's segment as I was watching AEW, and they're like, Brandy Rhodes is gonna come out, or Randy Randy Rhodes is sending this to address what she did last week. And I went, oh, good. Now will be the thing Dylan talked about where the, where this will start making sense. And then Brandy Shango came out. It was just like, uh, Kong is there, so that's cool, I guess. 
And also now she's one of those girls that go to way too many Wiccan shops, but never actually practices Wicca. I mean, if she continues it this week, I'll be. Otherwise, it's just some weird Halloween promo, which you, you can get away with. I yeah. Think, she comes that. out burning sage on the way to the audience, just like fucking fanning it onto each audience member. I mean, I've seen some of those people. It would smell better than how they actually smell. Yeah, fair point. Uh, <laughs> also, I am off work for the Nashville show, so I'm... Everyone go donate on Patreon so I can go to that fucking Nashville event. Um. Oh, shit. Damn it. There's so much... I'm so happy AEW's around. I really am, so we don't have to talk about WWE as much. Because after all of that, there's still the fucking amazing Being the Elite Halloween episode that we need to talk about. The amount of corpsing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The... Was that that, that? No, no, that was the, that was this week. This week also had a lot of corpsing. Yeah, there was BTE story last week. By the way, Kaz's Duya is now. I pop for that bit now. Oh yeah, yeah. What is it? Like, what was it started by? Like, what inspired it? Because I still don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, Kaz was or uh, Kaz was like angrily pumping, and Marco Stunt uh, had put on this thing. He's like, did somebody put on fire? fucking hate that scent and like marco stunts like i don't i don't know he rubs a t-shirt on himself <laughs> runs off and then i think the week after that they were like okay you keep doing that but you okay like, and you do ya? and then they just kept doing it my favorite being like i really miss i really miss my my dead my, my dead horse do ya? <laughs> and like the loss of a pet no matter how and, like it's the fact that he follows it up with very like articulate yeah that's oh, great I'm so. I'm still my favorite moment, and also my favorite catchphrase in wrestling is uh, when when uh, fucking Adam Page went into the horseiverse and saw like everyone assaulting him from all around and going through this crazy moment, and then just dead horse make you say, "Oh!" <laughs> as Cody popped out. Uh, I mean, I'm not. I know the pay per view is. Oh shit! The pay per view's this Sunday. Oh fuck! We have to do predictions. Uh, but I would. Oh, yeah, Saturday. But I would not be mad, though, if Cody beat Jericho. He won't, but God, I'd love if he... Because, like, what's your prediction for the big reveal he's doing tomorrow? Which will probably be two days before this is published. Probably the match stipulation. But it says it's his career. It's not, like, about the match itself. It's about the career. So a lot of people oh, online... Then it then. Okay, now tell me what people online are saying. So I can... They're saying he's going to step down, either step down from wrestling or step down from being an EVP. And I think that the second one's much more likely. And I'd much prefer that because then we can get unsuited Cody coming out every week in a fucking fur coat and just be like, make him say, ah! The thing is, is that Cody has been wearing suits literally. I don't think he stopped. He wore them in the WWE and then he just kept wearing yeah. them. Listen, it's the famous Cody Rhodes that spend money now, make more later. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, maybe he's going to step down as EVP, which I wouldn't mind because then we'd have more Cody Rhodes on TV. But I don't know. What do you think? I feel like, I feel like his thing is he's going to put wrestling on. No, I don't know what the fuck it is. Because, like, yeah. sure, that sounds good on paper, but, like, there's no need for it. Yeah, like, I can see that. I mean, the stuff they show about him doing that, that stuff, it's a great look behind what a, what a VP in a company does. Like, there's the charity stuff, there's the other things. And, but they do talk about how, like, it's hard for him because he can't fully focus. He, he's like, he's in board meetings doing all this stuff. And it might, you, it, they're right, it might be that. 
Yeah. They never talk about the fucking Young Bucks. They're technically VPs. So the fuck is Kenny? Nobody <laughs> shit. I did like how Adam. I did like how Adam Page came and he was like, "Yeah, you're all fucking EVPs. You have your own locker rooms." Like I don't. And <laughs> Cody's like, "Hey, listen, man. I know you're potentially thinking about uh, maybe splitting up. Wouldn't recommend it. Not a good career move." <laughs> I love that. Also, I loved in uh, during what well, it was the elite story, right? Was that what they called the Toy Story parody? Mm-hmm. When they cut to the fucking railroad tracks and the fucking Adam Cole action figure is tied up, and Britt Baker is like, "No, don't do it! Not again! Not again! Not a fucking again!" By the way, uh, Chuck Taylor's um, fight to say shit on television. Yes, it's my, my favorite new, thing. My new favorite sub storyline. Oh man, when a- Adam Page me off. <laughs> when Adam Page came out and was just like, "I'm gonna do some real cowboy shit," and I'm like, "Wait, this is, it's still like it's it's not even nine o'clock. Is he allowed to say that?" And then the crowd's chanting cowboy shit, and I was going, like, "Dustin's not gonna be happy about this. <laughs> Dustin's gonna be very upset about it." I just want, like, the crowd... I mean, no, it's TV14, you can say shit. Oh, okay. Well, I just want the crowd one day, Chuck grab the mic, and the crowd goes, Oh! Shit! And that's it. It's just a full promo all about how bad Chuck wants to say shit. You could build a storyline out of it. Like, every single week, like, fucking, um... Fu- what is the shitty name of, um... Of Big Flippy Boys, whose name I forgot, and Helico and Jack Evans, what is it? Uh, the Hybrid 2? Yeah, yeah, the Hybrid 2 interrupt him before that, he that says is, shit. That, I gotta be honest with me, honest with you, the name's growing on me. I like it when they abbreviate it to, like, TH2. That's ki- that, that's cool, because you don't realize what it actually stands for. But yeah, they build a storyline every time Chuck's about to say shit, they interrupt, they interrupt, build to a match at a pay-per-view. Then at the end, Chuck grabs the mic. You guys are a big pile of... Oh, shit! No, he wants to say it on, on Dynamite. That's the thing. He wants uh, to say shit on network television. I guess, yeah, well, I guess you could do a match on Dynamite. You could do that. That would be great. I, um, I, I don't know. I, I, I really want them to debut their secondary title. I know I'm rushing it. Yeah, I can see that. I, I'm really there as well because because I, I really want something that I can hope that Chuck Taylor can win because it's not the main title. That's never happening. You don't think Chuck's gonna fucking schoolboy up Chris Jericho and just pan him for that title and get it in no time? I want to. I know it's not a show anymore, but I want a fucking talking hogs and popping dogs with fucking Chris Jericho on it. Uh, I know they filmed the last one. Oh really? What was it? It was Jerry Lynn and Mikey Whipwreck. Oh, fuck. That's like the perfect last one to get Jerry they Lynn on it. it. They finally got Jerry Lynn. Yeah. <laughs> all these years. My favorite thing is there was a thing from one of the WrestleMania weekends. They were talking and Jerry, Jerry's like, yeah, I'm sorry, man. We were supposed to film it. And then I had other things. Happen. I was like, nah, dude, it's, it's okay. You're Jerry Lynn. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. They're like, you can do whatever the fuck you want. You're Jerry Lynn. So I guess it would be remiss if we didn't talk about WWE, but really, it's all going to be covered in heels and faces, I think. I don't really think of anything that, other than, like, the Fiend match, which was, I'm now realizing, if it's not a squash match, I don't really care about watching the Fiend, because it's just watching the Fiend get beat down for 20 minutes, stand back up, then get thrown through equipment boxes that set on fucking literal fire... 
It, it is literally like Kevin Dunn's wet dream of getting to film like cool shot horror movie shots. So here's the thing. <sighs> the fiend. <sighs> the fiend is. Yeah, that's how I feel too. No, the fiend is now the heel version of watching John Cena at peak John Cena. Yeah. But worse, because at least John would, like, sell a little bit. <laughs> I don't know, man. It depended on the match. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no, that's... I, I don't I feel... I don't know. Just, I don't know. I don't know, man. I really, There are parts of, of WWE, and there are certain, like, groups and interactions that I, I really like. Like, I, I love the Undisputed Era... I, I love the Kabuki Warriors. I love, like, whenever Becky does something or, like, when there's something kind of cool on NXT as far as promos go. Yeah. Like, I'm so desensitized now. Like, I feel, like, so distant from it. And I think part of it is because, like, I just haven't been watching. But, like, the longer it goes on, like, just the less and less I want to pay attention to WWE. Oh, yeah. I, like I said earlier, that's why I'm happy AEW exists because I can't – because like this we week's really need to start watching NWA though. Like you really need you have the most free time out of you th- the three of us. Like whenever your baby's waking you up, if you can go back and watch that back catalog and like yeah, yeah, just catch up catch on it, up. some yeah. power. But yeah, like I, the fucking Eric Stevens is there. Apparently, he wears the nude tights again. So he's <laughs> forward to. But yeah, like I, I watched bits and pieces of Crown Jewel. I was editing, so I was barely paying attention to it, and like. Apparently, the th- all still disappointed. Yeah, and apparently, just all fiend matches are going to be red now. Uh, right. Fiend won out of just an easy victory, like that was it. And it's cool, like he's got the title. But as impossible as it seems to take the title off of Brock, actually, no, as impossible as it t- seems to take the title off Shayna Baszler, infinity times more impossible to get anybody to beat the fiend if it's not a multi-man match. Yeah, essentially, at this point. The Shayna thing isn't even so much, because, like, I think Rhea has a pretty good shot, and we'll see that after War Games. Yeah. Whatever. Rhea's the only one I could really think of right now, you've, though. You've you've heard of the proposed main event for Survivor Series this year, right? No, it's not Brock Lesnar tossing around a tiny masked Mexican for five minutes. No, no, no. No, no, no. Uh, insert picture of of William Regal here. War game. <laughs> Holy shit! Wait. Okay. So like, uh, I get. That's the that's the tease thing is that it'll be like, either it'll be classic war games five on five and like five NXT five WWE, or they'll do like that weird thing where it's like three three three, like they did at the first war games. Yeah. Like they're teasing. They're teasing war games to me. I mean, they just, could do that's, that. That's the thing, and that's the thing where I'm just like, "Fuck!" They got me hyped about this. I'm really hyped about. Like, I was like, "Cause, cause Vince can't really control that. Cause Vince doesn't know anything about war games. That's a WCW concept. Hunter would have to take over there. There's a shot. There's a shot. I'm like, <laughs> like rocking back and forth. No, no, no. Vince is like, you know what was better than war games? World War Three. Remember it had the three rings instead of just two? Vince, no, no, Vince, you can't do this. Please, no. You know what's better than war games? Punjabi prison. (laughs) (laughs) We'll bring that shit back. Survive that, millennials. So, um, man, I think Bailey might win that triple threat, and it's really scaring me. Because, like, literally all that... That's the best 
part. Yeah. That's the best that's the best storyline. Is that like Becky thinks she's one, she throws Becky out of the ring, Bailey to Belly's Shayna, and then one establishes her dominance over NX NXT, where like she was a good champion, and gets one over on Becky at the same time. It's a win 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 situation. And they're already building it up because that entire promo, Becky was it's just like, like I have my eye on Bailey. And Bailey's just gonna show up. It's like neither one of you are looking at me. Chair shot, chair shot. <laughs> It's a triple threat. It's no DQ. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd like to point that out to the WWE refs when, like, they're like somebody's reaching for the ropes. They're like, oh, they're going for the ropes. It's a no DQ match, man. It's triple threat. Who you? What are you? What are you, you going to call the finish? Yeah, exactly. That's what I, that person loses. No, no. Can I do my New Japan minute now? Yeah, you can do that. Well, I know one of them. You're yeah, probably minus, minus minus one section. Yes, one specific boy. Honestly, it's it's mostly about one particular particular part of it. Okay. So today, earlier today, late yesterday, time time zones. New Japan uh, announced some of the matches for Wrestle Kingdom. Yes. Uh, there'll be like the Legends tag match on the first night with Jushin Thunder Liger and a bunch of legends and Ryusuke Taguchi, who's like a living legend at this point. Right. Um, As opposed to Jushin Thunder Liger, who is a dead legend. No, like he's like an active legend. Like a lot of the ones that are on less schedules, like they're technically retired. Liger's technically about to retire, but I'm sure he'll come back for like one offs. Yeah. Uh, or other like wrestlers he respects retirements, because as you do. Uh, there are those matches. Uh, there's Jericho. There's the Painmaker versus the Ace. Yes. And I'm really hoping that he makes a bunch of promos where he's like, you're the Ace, I'm the Joker. And he just comes out and joke. It's it's the Joker, but it's it's Painmaker makeup. It's going to be that shit. Um, oh, no doubt. Absolutely. Like, I saw uh, Jericho comes back to New Japan. I went, I wonder who he challenged. Then I clicked through and went, Oh, the only obvious person he could challenge. The only, like, top name he hasn't gone after yet. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. The World Tag League starts, and we should really do the prediction series for that. Because as little as either any of us knew about, uh, like, the G1, yeah. this is literally five times as bad. Oh, uh, Blake? Because <laughs> one, no literally, le- legitimately one-third of the people that were in it last year are either on excursion or no longer with the company. So, like, I don't even know who's going to be in this tournament. And I watched this shit. We're going to put Blake's quarter to work. He's going to be flipping that bad boy to make selections all day long. I just, you know, we need to make a Google Doc where it's like a group. It's a group, like, grid. Yeah. A group spreadsheet with all the matches on it. And, like, that way each one of us can, like, we can each go down and we can make our predictions for it and be like, okay, this is what I have, this is what I have. Okay, cool. And then that way, after every day, we can just look. And we don't have to rely on the other one. We can have yeah, yeah. our own score. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's going to happen to determine who faces uh, uh, the Gorillas of Destiny. Uh, I was fixed to say, do they still have those fucking they titles? Because here's the thing. Historically, the Gorillas of Destiny are great chasers, terrible champions. Yeah, because they have like three or four other reigns with a combined like three defenses, right? Like four defense. It's like one per at max, and this time they have like six. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like six or seven, like real hard. They were the ROH champions in there. I think they had like two defenses of those bad boys. 
Did they lose them or just throw them in a garbage can? They lost them to the Briscoes. Okay. They held those bitches for like three or four months. Yeah. They're halfway up the, if you go on the, like the history is like longest, they're halfway up the motherfucker above a lot of other arguably better tag teams. And during those three months, they spent a lot of time picking up the ROH belts and just winging them at walls. The Briscoes get them like, where'd this fucking dent come from in the middle of this belt? I don't know, man. It's your problem now. They've uh, they've named those. Uh, the second night will be uh, Liger's retirement match, which a lot of people are speculating the winner of the junior heavyweight uh, championship match, which we'll talk about later, uh, will face Liger, which yeah. I 100% believe is true because um, the person who I think is going to win that match, that would be the ultimate, that would be the best, that would be the greatest rub as far as who they think the next real ace will be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the uh, the main thing, the main thing they announced is the double-double main event is happening. Yeah. Night one, Jay White versus Naito, Ibushi versus Okada. Night two, Intercontinental Champion versus IWGP Heavyweight Champion for all the marbles. Oh, fuck. I'm taking that whole weekend off. I'm ta- I don't <laughs> it is. It's... I'm watching this shit in my living room. I'm telling my roommate, hey, listen, close the door, soundproof it. There's going to be yelling. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, the whole time you're just screaming Naito over and over again. Please! I have, I have the hat. I'll, I'll have the hat out. I'll be like doing the. So here's the thing. Either this will be, there's only two real, there's three real outcomes, uh, depending on how chaotic you feel as a human being. Uh, under no circumstance does Ibushi win. That's never happening. I love I love Abushi as a wrestler, but this is not how it goes down. Uh, the the most chaotic answer is Jay White wins. Yes, and and like everyone is angry and impressed at the same time because he now, made a statement. He, he made a great statement in the press conference today. Uh, one where he slagged off on Will Osprey. Uh, but the other one was, was he was like, I achieved everything Naito wanted to achieve in two years. And he was right. He became he became a triple crown champion in two years. He was U.S. Uh, like the champion and intercontinental champion in like like a little under two years. Now, I could see maybe Ibushi wins night one and then you could get like Ibushi versus Naito night two and then Naito wins the whole thing. But I, I don't see that. I could I could see that, but I I don't see it. The the money maker, the millions and millions of eyes on the company, is Naito beats uh, Jay, Okada beats Ibushi, and you get the rematch that has not happened since Wrestle Kingdom two years ago. Yeah, uh, three years ago. No, two I think years. it was two because we talked about yeah, it on this that show. Was, that was when. Uh, Cody or no uh, Kenny versus Jericho happened, and that was the also the main event for the U.S. title. Um, and like that's the real main event. But depending on how chaotic you are, depends on how you feel that match goes out. Uh, the large internet argument is we've literally been building to this since that Wrestle Kingdom two years ago, where Naito had, on the greatest stage, but he had to impress people, so he went for the freaking. Uh, like his like old finisher and that lost him it. And at every turn that 
Naito could win something. Like, okay, he finally gets back now. Okay, now. Like, people are chomping at the bit. And, like, but this is the highest point. If you drop them from there, like, they're not coming back. So it's either all climax or nothing. Yeah. Uh, Though the opposite end of that is you cement Okada as the greatest champion in a company that has been around for 40 years. Oh, yeah, easily. Because he's already he's already held that belt so long that he's synonymous with it in the modern era. Like a lot of people, like like from when New Japan was coming up, like would be like, no, Tanahashi, Tanahashi was the ace, Tanahashi was the one. But like in this era, in the golden era of New Japan, it's been like like Okada the whole way. Like yeah. like they transitioned from Tanahashi. Tanahashi had a two. But, like, all the lengthy runs, all the flashy runs, all the ones that people will remember, all the six- and seven-star matches, that was all Okada. Yeah, yeah. It's like either Gato's going to be like, this is it, this is where where my boy becomes the greatest, or he's like, I should really probably build one other person. (laughs) Especially considering that guy's been here for 20 years, and we really haven't thrown him a bone. Yeah, exactly. But you know... He's only the most over guy in the company, despite being healed. Yeah, but you know who... I've never seen somebody get booed and cheered equally as loud in one match. <laughs> but you know who throws us bones on the rag? I'm not. <laughs> Our patrons at patreon.com slash a load of BS. That's the website where you can become a fight boy. Cause, and when you're a fight boy, you're a fight boy for life. Because you get access to our exclusive Discord. You get shouted out on the show of your choice every single week like that absolute son of a bitch, Ghazi. And you also get access to the exclusive show you paid for this where we watch terrible movies and commentate over them. We did Goosebumps 2 last month. We've done Ready to Rumble with Dylan. And this month, Blake doesn't know it, but I may force him to watch Larry the Cable Guy Health Inspector again. We may just watch the same film every year and just watch as Blake gets more more and more mad at me until he quits the whole company but uh yeah if you want to get that you can at patreon.com slash a load of b s now who we tweeting d you could tweet at chuck taylor and uh tell him that uh we we we're also very cheesed off that he can't say shit on television i don't know if we ever tweeted chuck taylor before i don't know if that's uh that bit i don't know (laughs) I swear to God, the fact he hasn't blocked us is a miracle. Right? Yo, at Sexy Chucky e. T, we're super cheesed. You can't say shit either. Shit on television. Either. Yeah, you can't <laughs> shit on television. Hey. Uh-huh. P.S. Tell, uh, tell Orange Cassidy to follow us. <laughs> P. Pull a Moxley go into fucking Tony Khan's office. Be like, I wanna. That, I, that was my favorite moment at AEW this week was when you just see Moxley walking through the arena, run into Tony Khan's office, and Tony's like, You're gonna kill him. I'm not gonna sanction that. This is a non sanctioned match. So that means it's just, it just doesn't. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter when I beat the best wrestler in the world. And it's just Moxley getting more and more mad. I mean,. Meltzer had this thing where he was like, I'm less excited. Like, I'm, I took away from the hype because it's not going to matter now. Where I was, I was like, that, that is true. The outcome does not matter as much. But the spectacle yeah. would be so much greater. Like, this doesn't matter win and loss record, but in terms of the, like, trajectory of each, each wrestler, oh, yeah. 
Because, like, look what that heart, that like unsanctioned match between Kenny and Janela did for Janela. Oh yeah, not a, no doubt. Yeah, like he's freaking like. I'm not gonna say a star was born, but like people are like, oh, Joey Janela, the guy that like, yeah, no, that guy, of course. Mm-hmm. And then he went on to murder a very tiny man this week on AEW Dark. I'm watching it right now. It's great. <laughs> watching, watching Jimmy Havoc murder, like just viciously beat Marco Stunt is cathartic on a level that I can't quite describe to you. Now, okay, apparently they've not announced many matches for Full Gear yet, so this is going to be a very quick prediction series. Oh, by the way, my favorite... Uh, like, you know how uh, B. Priestley uh, concussed uh, Britt Baker? Yeah. So Britt had a promo where she was, like, like calling B. unprofessional and legitimately called her a piece of shit. Um, Holy shit. And, I, and during that whole thing, I was like, listen, I understand that she didn't follow protocol. She didn't check up on you to see if you were okay. But one of you is talking some mad shit here, and the other one hasn't said anything. So it's really hard for me to want to support you as the baby face. Yeah, exactly. Because she's like being all like, what I'm going to do to you? And I was like, listen, I understand you got a concussion because she kicked you too hard. But, but this wrestling? Yeah. That ha- like, you could have just rolled out of the match and just not wrestled anymore. Like, you continue. Like, you could have. We could have stopped this. From Could've... a kayfabe standpoint, from not a kayfabe standpoint, I understand. But, like, pure fame, pure fame, she has no leg to stand on. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of those two, they are apparently the pre-show, B. Priestley versus Britt Baker in just a singles match. Fuck, dude, I don't know. It's so hard with this company because it's not formulaic. Yeah. I was going to say they seem really high on Britt, which is why I'm picking Britt to win, but I don't yeah. know. Yeah, because... Because they can they can afford to not push Bree. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Increasingly right away. Yeah, no, you're right, Britt. Uh, Pac versus a man whose horse just died, so I feel like he needs the emotional. This is like fucking Rey Mysterio winning the title at WrestleMania after Eddie died. Fucking Adam Page is going to get up on the top rope and start galloping. you just like, Pac. <laughs> Pac wins. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I'll take it. I'm fine with that. Puck. Um, n- no. He needs a second heel. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'll take Puck because also after the whole ordeal with like Puck's not I, coming over because he's God, not. God, God damn it. Let me try to make up some points, you son of a bitch. Well, no, with me, it makes sense from like a, a non-fabe standpoint as well because like. Puck does not seem like a, du- a, a dude who likes to lose unless there's a very important reason for him to lose. And I don't see an important reason at this point for him to lose. And this would, ha- him, him beating Paige would actually allow him to kind of shoot, like shoot Paige into more of a vicious, angry, the vicious, angry angle they're kind of leaning at with him. Yeah. Uh, the Young Bucks versus Santana and Ortiz, who. I know they have a new name on AEW, but I already have forgotten it. Like, I, it's that unforget. That's it's that forgettable. That's because you haven't like seen it a couple times. That's how that's how it works. Um, I say they win by shenanigans because it's again the Bucks don't need it. 
Like you yeah. know how they would, you know how they would say that the Undertaker was beyond win and lo- wins and losses because it was the Undertaker. Yeah, and they tried to do that with Bray Wyatt, and they like it didn't stick. The Bucks are like that. Yeah, the Bucks I can just the Bucks can just go ham on another team the next week, and people will be like, "You see how good the Bucks are? The Bucks can win any any time." People are like, "You're right, the Bucks can win at any time." Um, I'll no, I'm going to take Bucks though because okay. the other inner circle member is going to be winning in the main event, uh, right. which we, we might as well get to that right now, which is Jericho versus Cody. Uh, da, 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 da. When was their first pay-per-view? What? When was their first pay-per-view? Officially August? under the AEW banner or in yeah. general? Uh, that would have been, I believe, May 25th, 2019 in Las Vegas, Nevada. You were there. That's, I couldn't remember the date. Okay. I'm staring at the poster right now. That's the only reason I remember I'm of two minds, yeah. much like I was during the uh, the original title match. Because on the one hand, Jericho doesn't have to hold the title for long. Yeah, he already gave it the rub of name value. He's the first champion, and they can still wreak havoc uh, without Le Champion being Le Champion. Uh, and Cody getting it would be a good transition into like a baby face and him like realizing his dream yeah because they built a very compelling story of being like this is it this is the one thing that cody has not done yeah the most impactful story i think i've ever heard in wrestling was still when uh, cody and shivani were driving in a limo to uh driving a limo to aew for the contract signing and shivani looks at cody and goes i remember one time uh your dad was meeting with willie nelson and i was hanging out by the pool and willie came out there and we started to talk and he goes where's dream at so i went to his room and i walked in and um i looked in Dusty was there in the in the room just sitting in his underwear and he looked up at me and he goes, Is Willie already out there? And I go, Yes he is. Good. A star always comes out last. And then he fucking just walks out and I'm like, oh my god, yes. I'm showing up late for everything now. Side tangent, my favorite uh Dusty Road stories will always be Arn Anderson talked about meeting him. And he's like, I came in the office. And there was Dusty Rhodes. Wearing nothing but cowboy boots that were up on his table. Yeah. He's like, he's a guy that uh, from Florida, filming those promos on the beach. He's just like, <laughs> yeah. yes, sir, I am. I said, like, all right. And like, I'll talk. I'll talk to you in two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> he left. And he's like, I had no idea what to make of that situation. <laughs> <laughs> Which is an accurate way to do it. No, it's, it's fucking, it's, ah, oh, God damn it. It's Jericho. Just say it. It's Jericho. I know it's Jericho. I want it. I want. I hear. It's Jericho. I want to be wrong more than I've ever wanted to be wrong. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like you, I'm happy you're finally fully on the Cody train with me. I hopped on it. It was around this year that I hopped on the Cody train because when he was like an ROH and stuff and it was like the three star general, I was like, Cody's whatever. He doesn't. He's just like this kind of bland guy and now i don't know this year something's kicked up in him and i really like cody this year he learned how to make you say oh! <laughs> and now finally in the main event and well i guess not main event well i guess it would have to be because it's lights out 
No, no, no. It's after the pay-per-view ends. Oh, <laughs> After we turn off these lights, the pay-per-view will be over. But when they come up, the next match will be unsang- a lights-out match. Yep. Uh, Justin John- Roberts is there, and Justin Roberts is amazing. <laughs> I, God, was it this week or last week when John Moxley came out to the ring and fucking like an opera singer, Justin Robert was like, yeah, and held it for like five minutes. We were like, yeah. Moxley! Dude, dude, his, his saying, because uh, my, my, re- my favorite AEW wrestler was on Dark this week. Michael <laughs> Naka, 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 Naka Zawa. <laughs> and like hearing Justin Roberts say that, I was like, oh, that's the most legit thing you could have for Michael Nakazawa. Yeah. Uh, John Moxley versus Kenny Omega. Fuck. I don't know. I don't. Um, going, motherfucker. It could go either way. Moxley. I'm giving it to Moxley because I want to continue that Kenny is constantly losing to the big matches, the that storyline. Dylan's like, on one hand, you're right. On the other hand, that would mean I have to watch Kenny Omega losing it. Have I picked against Kenny Omega ever? Oh, once. I picked against Kenny Omega one time. Which match? This last Wrestle Kingdom, where I knew with 100% certainty he was going to lose. Oh, yeah. Actually, I don't even know if I picked against him then. I just told both of you that he was going to lose, and I think I still picked him. <laughs> just, I just looked like looked at the, at the beast, and I was like, no, no. Uh, but yeah, no, it's Kenny. It's 100%. I, I 100% pick Kenny. I got screwed when I didn't pick The Fiend the one time, so like, I can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, like, I've I gotta already, stick with I've my boys. Made peace with the fact that I'm just gonna have to pay like probably $100 to some charity come WrestleMania. So, <laughs> So whatever. Actually, I'm hoping I lose by half a point because you guys took a half a point for the thing, and then I just only have to give five dollars. Oh yeah, yeah, because me and Blake tied for the tag team tournament because we were not about to try to figure out that time thing. We were like, I guess we'll just each take point five points. You both wanted to take one point, and I was like, that's bullshit. You each take half. Yeah, <laughs> this tournament was not that big of a deal. Calm down. Calm the. Yeah, I know. That's why I want to do a point for uh, World Tag League. It's just like, what happens when literally there's no way we can know? All we know is that that G.O.D. isn't winning, but they're going to be in the final. So you got to figure out how they get there. Yeah. Well, uh, now let's get into our heels and faces of the week. Do we want to start with the shitty stuff or the good stuff? You can start with the heels. My thing on there is 100% accurate. Like... Oh, I don't I don't know anymore. I mean, do you want me to give you one? Because we didn't get to talk about it in segment one. But um, hey, ROH even worse than we thought, apparently. Oh, yeah, no, I'll take that one because it's not WWE. And God, I just don't want to talk about them anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no. Ring of Honor is perhaps the shoddiest run company that you've ever dealt with. And like if it wasn't for the fact that it'd be seen as like brand uh oh, warfare and honestly sorry it's late here uh honestly like beneath them at this point i would love to hear from like cody and the bucks and the people that were there like a long time like hey because you remember there was that episode of being the elite where cody looked upset because they were in vegas and they hadn't sold the show out oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. he was there he was like this is bull-. like 
couldn't fill this house. We're going to fill a 10,000 like person stadium. Yeah, exactly. He, uh, I don't know. Oh, they were right. Like it's just, it's so they, they, all of fight boys gets paid more than Kelly Klein and Kelly <laughs> Klein is their champion. Yeah, because it's what Kelly? she gets. What her, what was it? Three thousand a year? What was it? Not three thousand. Uh, twenty five. Oh Jesus! Twenty four thousand a year. She asked for slightly more for more money. Like yeah. not a ridiculous amount. They're like, no, because if we had to pay you that, we'd have to pay all the women wrestlers that. Because the men are paid on in like an individual basis. Women is flat pay. That's absolute horseshit. That's ridiculous. Um. Fuck, let's see. The no wonder the fucking allure got so mad at that one show they spit in a guy's face. They ain't getting paid oh, shit. Fucking, by the way, Joey Murphy wasn't like, that was an unprofessional. He's like, he should never have been there. They didn't hire security for the event. Yeah. Like, not at uh, Yeah, I believe I tweeted or I sent a message to you guys saying, this is how Ring of Honor dies. Not, not with a uh, bang, but with a... <laughs> Because Joey Mercury went on a fucking tear on Twitter the other day, and it was the best moment of my life. Calling out was Greg, like their their head guy, being like, I don't know if you were pre or post nap whenever you found out that Jay Lethal broke his arm. We didn't have the right medical staff there to help with it. So it was me, like, freaking, I think it was uh, Bandito and uh, Brody, Brody King trying to help set it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think their doctor they had wasn't even, like, a legitimate doctor yeah, or something. literally, like, it's some, it's some, like, indie bullshit. Like, you hear from the bad shows where they're like, they didn't have the right staffing. They didn't have an ambulance there at the event. Like, it was all horse shit. Like, yeah, they're the whole way down. They don't have concussion protocol. They have nothing. They have literally nothing. And, like... What now this is all revealed, this year will be known as like either the death of Ring of Honor or like the the beginning signs of the death of Ring of Honor. There's no way they make it to the end of next year at this rate. Oh yeah, there was like a point in it where like he was just like, one of your top stars gets injured. Do you A buy a Uber back to your hotel and ignore the situation? B, leave him alone with no with no Uber at all to get anywhere. Or C, leave us to deal with this situation and you go fuck off on your own. Or D, all of the above because you're a terrible fucking person. And I was like, okay, Joey, fuck. The fact that Shane Taylor's contract isn't being renewed and they didn't tell him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was another one. It's like, do you know if you'll be employed after the first of the year with your family? Do you? Because you know he – and, like, he just tore – he morally destroyed this company. Yeah. Like from the top down. Like, you thought Ring of Honor's attendance was horrible before. Yeah. After the first of the year, no one will be there. And, like, wasn't Kelly – like, Kelly came out on Twitter about it and was straight up like – I did not want to get, I didn't want to go public about this because I didn't want to, like, she was so afraid for her position in that company and her job that she did not want to come public about it. But she was like, thank you, Joey, for coming out about it because I couldn't speak, but I know you could. Yeah, so he, she came out, or he came out, then she came out. Then BJ Whitmer came out and was like, all of this times a hundred. Yeah. Oh my God. But basically he implied that Bandito... 
Cobb and Shane Taylor, or Bandito, PJ Black, and Shane Taylor were all gone after this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they were all going to leave. Um, Cobb, probably as well, real quick. Um, I'm sure New Japan will take him for their U.S. expansion. Oh, yeah, easily. Cobb would be amazing. He was great yeah, in New Japan originally. He did great in the G1, but I think, like, they have, like, because they've, like, seen him overall. They're like, no, we have high expectations. We feel like he can... I feel like he can do it. Brody, easily as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you've talked about that before, about how much you want to see Brody in uh, New Japan. Oh, yeah. Or he could go to AEW uh, and join up with Marty, because Marty is gone literally within the next... Oh, shit. I'm pretty sure his contract's up before this weekend. Oh, fuck. Hell yes, absolutely yes. Fuck yes. So, um... Okay, Kenny probably loses because he probably comes out and murders him and lets Moxley win. Uh, if that does happen, that is like if so. Like here, section A, either his contract doesn't expire this Sunday, in which case that goes off. However, it goes coin flip if I've ever seen one. Yeah, uh, or his contract does expire and he just murders the elite over the course of the night. Like, it's gonna be so good too. Oh yeah, he just comes out to all my friends are dead. Yeah, the song. Uh, and that's just what his stuff says on his time trying all my friends and he just comes out by himself. Yeah. That's well, why I want Cody to that's why I want Cody to win. Because I know Marty will like go on a war path and eventually challenge him. Yeah. Then then and Marty beats Cody, then Kenny beats Marty, and then we're good. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of companies with horrible practices, my heel of the week is Vince McMahon. Because what are you talking about? It was a mechanical problem. Yeah, it was a mechanical problem. Well, no, no. One of my favorite things about I've always heard about Vince is Vince will like go out and take bumps and shit. Basically, looking at his his wrestlers, like I wouldn't do it. You, I won't make you do anything that I would not do. I do it all. I'm amazing. I will. T- if you can't, if I can't do it, you don't have to do it. But then he decides to leave his entire fucking roster in Saudi Arabia. He was the first one. That's not true. Brock Lesnar, Hulk Hogan, and Ric Flair all flew out on Brock's private jet. Yeah, because apparently, uh, according to WWE, a few of their talent decided to charter their own flights out of there. And uh, that's when a few of the roster members had a few things to say involving that. Uh, let's see, because apparently there was like 20, 20 guys who did go. So, uh, Curtis Axel sent not the hashtag top 20 middle finger emoji. I'm number one at home. We don't leave each other behind. On his Instagram, Luke Harper said, I'm home. Guess I didn't want it enough to pay for my own charter, but I'm home now. Hashtag not top 20. Uh, Tyson Kidd, next time we'll pool our money together instead of just being lazy. Eric Young, I'll pitch in, guys. Next time I'll have more pride in myself and take it upon myself to be better. What a world. What a fucking universe. Scott Dawson, hashtag poor. (laughs) (laughs) We'll never never 100% know because they're never going to tell us. but, But apparently from what I gather from the different reports and the different people... Um, the people that are content being there, like the Randy Ortons, like who just signed a new deal, like, and those people that are content in the company, they, they took it all at face value. The people that were all, that were already kind of pissed are now super pissed. Yeah. 
And uh, in case you're wondering where they may go, AEW World Champion Chris Jericho replied saying, Shame on you lazy embarrassments to the company. Glad everyone made it home safely. (laughs) But yeah, I know they won't all go because WWE or uh, AEW isn't going to be like Impact and just take everybody's leftovers. Yeah. Impact might. Oh, yeah. Like MLW might. Freaking NWA sure will. Like there's enough other companies now that even if the money isn't as good if you've saved appropriately and you don't live like an outrageous life yeah fuck why not at this point man like so many people have become disillusioned with the dream of wwe that i don't know why anybody bothers to get recruited yeah i think exactly. william regal is a great pitch man that has to be what it is oh yeah no doubt that's probably the only that's the only thing they've got at this point but yeah um, the Saudi Arabia thing is now, according to WWE, a mechanical problem with the plane. However, many people were coming out saying that the Saudis still owed Vince money, and then they got into, like, an argument or some shit, and then that escalated, and no one, like, th- then it's all fuzzy. There's not many details, but then they are like, and then they wouldn't let them leave on planes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was a thing where, uh, like, they got paid. There was that. All that was a, a, a lie. But it was a power play. Yeah. Where it was just like, you don't get to leave. Yeah. And, like, one thing caused, like, the flight being delayed then caused another issue and whatever. Their flight got delayed by however many hours. Uh, but they could have flown them into a, a city not in Saudi Arabia. And I'm pretty sure all the superstars would have preferred that instead of getting a direct flight to Buffalo, because they knew they weren't going to make the show on time. Yeah, yeah. There was a flight to somewhere in the U.S. that you could have fit them on. Somewhere. See, my... I was getting big, great power Udi vibes from this entire story. I just want one guy to leave the company, and assuming they didn't sign an NDA, just tell the whole tale of what happened. And I want that person to be uh, Luke Gallows. Yes, it has to be Luke Gallows. Sitting in the airport in Saudi Arabia being like, not this shit again. (laughs) Oh, God. I miss great. I expected Udi to show up in the airport and be like, I got you again, motherfucker. (laughs) I got your ass again. And um, how do you follow up this story? How do you follow up the story of... Uh, you know, all of all of your roster being trapped in Saudi Arabia and hating it to a point where many of them tweeted out like, never again. Actually, I believe Carl Anderson tweeted, never again. Actually, you know what? Maybe daddy needs a new <laughs> second pool. Never, never again. And um, how do you how do you follow up a like devastating stock price blow? Not devastating, but like a like a body shot. Like yeah, you lost like fifteen percent. Well, what you do is you sign another deal with the blood money people to For a point eight years. Another eight years with a second event every single year, a second major event every year. Because I think they. I'm with, the, I'm, I'm with Dave. Where I, where like it's too far out to like say what'll happen because the next one's in like June. Yeah, yeah, but oh my god! Like it, all it's, three of us are gonna be sitting around with popcorn emoji, like popcorn, like buckets, like the whole time, being like, "I can't." This is gonna be the best thing ever. <laughs> I'm just gonna have to have it the whole day while looking on Twitter. Like, come on, new story. Come on, something's gonna happen. 
Gonna it's happen. just the event is just Seth Rollins in the middle of the ring, like, come on, guys, we're gonna put on the best show ever. Rah, rah, let's do this. And there's no roster. He's talking to no, he's talking to the Firefly Funhouse puppets. That's it. That's rah, all. Rah. Apparently, that was a lie. He didn't actually give a, a, a speech because, uh, yeah, Meltzer said that he gave a rah rah speech to the roster because they were all, like you said, very disenfranchised after what happened. And uh, Seth then was just, I don't know why Seth would be mad at that, though, because he was just like, Dave Meltzer is a liar and disingenuous and everything he says is not true. And I'm like, what he said was you were being a like a locker room leader and trying to unite people before the show. Why the fuck are you like? No, no, no. It was that he said and it. According to people, it didn't it didn't come off well. Oh, okay. He wasn't saying like I heard the speech and holy god, it's a piece of shit. He was like, I'm being told. He wasn't like Seth is mad at him because he's the one that all the other people are like quoting. Yeah. Like, and Dave's the big name on the internet. It's like Dave Meltzer. I'd rather, and he doesn't know who leaked it, so he can't call out that person. So he's just getting mad at. And even Dave's like, I don't know, man. He's got he's got bigger fights. He should probably be fighting, but it's it's his life. Yeah, like Meltzer's like, this is not the first time somebody's come after me. Hulk Hogan burned my reports on uh, on WCW one time, and then Macho Man injured himself worse to prove me wrong. Yeah, that happened. Yeah. Well, uh, why don't we let's get away from the negative and focus on our baby faces of the week? And I'm gonna back up right now as the fucking as the bomb explodes because I know you're ready. Ticking time bomb. <laughs> oh, he's back. He's back. So many great things happened. I want you to know as a result of Hiromu Takahashi coming back. One, he has a second cat now. No idea where the fuck. He <laughs> yeah. Uh, two. As a means of showing that he was back, he literally threw himself and did bumps around the ring, threw himself into the guardrail, uh, threw himself, like, did a straight jump up and down flat back bump, uh, ran into the two turnbuckle, uh, did a fucking senton into the turnbuckle, yeah. did a front flip, and then a neck bridge, and then asked for the mic. And then he, in English, said he's back and he's coming for the title. And, like, it was great. Um, so we got all of that. Uh, we have that match. That match is having at, at Wrestle Kingdom, which I believe Hiromu will win. Hiromu will retire Liger. The world, all will be right with the world. Yeah. Uh, we also then got the press conference for that match where, um, Will Ospreay brought in his own person, Percy the Pig, who was wearing an Assassin's Creed outfit. <laughs> you know about this point. Oh, yes. This is why I follow New Japan Twitter. This shit, like, oh, my God. Percy the Pig and Daryl. The weird bromance slash rivalry slash potentially actually intimate relationship yes. that Hiromu and Will Ospreay share is both intriguing and, like, I don't know, man. I just don't know. I just, you sent me down a mental rabbit hole after you said intimate relationship because my mind didn't go to sex. It went to them in a hotel with two beds doing flips across each of the beds <laughs> so you can get more rotations on it. Um, also, I do want to say... <laughs> also, I do want to say my favorite compliment of all time was when you uh, on the Fight Voice chat said... 
Uh, can someone tell me where Hiromo goes to shop for his clothing so I can tell Scotty to stop going there? I, know, I can make sure that Scotty never finds his <laughs> I need to find out who makes Hiromo's clothes so I can hide him. Mm-hmm. I love that also, uh, after Hiromo came back, Evil changed his hair. Yeah, he was like, he no, 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 I can't do this anymore. It's now gray. Oh, no, he was doing because, no, uh, like, Evil and Hiromu were in the same Young Lion class. Yeah. They're like, they're legit best buds. There's a great, uh, like, bromance picture of both of them naked in a, in a, in a tub together. <laughs> After legit. trying to do multiple flips in a bedroom. No, it's like, it was back when they were both, like, before they left on their, their gimmicks. Yeah. Uh, so, like, they're legit, like, good friends. So that's why he had his hair red, like, to show respect for that. But that's oh yeah, that's gonna be great. Also, if the if the shirt he was wearing, the wake up, wake up, wake up, is like his new shirt, I'm buying it because I looked at that and I was like, that's shit I would wear. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, uh, my baby face of the week is uh, isn't as cool. He's well, he's not as cool, but you know what he does do? He makes him say, oh. And this might be my first ever two week back to back pick for baby face of the week, but Cody is. Even more on a tear this week. After he released the Make Him Say Uh shirt with him in a fucking fur coat and like brandy. Master, I think it's a, was it a Master P reference. Cause yeah, it's a, a Master P reference because uh, Mega Ran tweet, tweeted a picture of the shirt and just said, holy crap. And I retweeted saying, so when's the remix coming? Because I need Mega Ran rapping over that beat about Cody. And then, but, and then the, chorus is, the chorus is just like a, a, a remix. Make him make a... Make, make him say, oh. <laughs> the bass, like the, the, the beat picks up at that point, like it gets lower. Well, uh, see, here's the thing. Yeah, Cody is the funniest and best person AEW has. But also, he came out today basically explaining the fact that they take shots at WWE. And he explained it in like the perfect way that I've never thought about before. He goes, that's why it's, uh, here, hold on, let me start from the beginning of it. I just see the way that Kevin Dunn shoots WWE, and not so much the booking of it, but how he shoots it. It's kind of setting the ball up for us. We wanted to be an alternative. Now, of course, when you're counter-programmed on your night, you are competing. It's no longer an alternative, but we still say we want to be an alternative, because what we're doing is completely different. Here's the only thing you will recognize. The ring in the center of the building. That's a wrestling ring, but everything else that we're doing is a very, very different kind of wrestling. And that's why it's fun to poke fun at WWE, and not in a mean-spirited way. All of these rules have been in place for 20 years. They're not wrestling rules, they're WWE rules. Oh, it's a contract signing, so there has to be a fight. Oh, the person can't just look at the monitor, they have to stand at the side because that's how Kevin likes to shoot it. It's some nonsense, and it worked for them until it stopped working for them. We're just happy to do wrestling how we want to do it. And I've never thought about it, but yeah, that is exactly... Exactly. It's not just taking shots at AEW. It is take or at WWE. It's taking shots at basically pro wrestling rules for the last twenty years. So it, the they, tropes. yeah, they are they're mocking the tropes essentially. Yeah, because TNA played by the same tropes. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's I really see. just want there to be a, like an over the over the shoulder shot of like the inner circle, like Jericho sitting in front, like. Yeah, yeah. And Santana on the sides, and then Jake and like Sammy, and like the, the camera's just looking over their shoulder at what they're watching, like on a monitor. That would look really cool, actually. Yeah, I like uh, like there's so many good shots you can do when you don't, you aren't just like. I just Cody is such a good like he's a great businessman. Like he, well, I me, mean, it's in his blood, but like. 
I mean, they even asked him about like the Seth and Kenny exchange where uh, Kenny and Seth were feuding back and forth. And Seth basically said, if he wants to stop playing minor leagues, I'd be happy to fight. Um, Cody responds, well, the developmental comments when they came from Kenny and then the minor league comments came from Seth. I think that's just two really great athletes. In the case of Seth, especially trying to prod or poke or get under the skin of one another, I I don't think it was mean-spirited as the world made him out to be. I think Seth is super talented, I believe. I, And then he uh, talks about having his first dark match with him in WWE. He's a unique soul. He's super talented, works his ass off when a lot of people in the company just look to collect a check. I kind of just sit in those moments and don't take it personally because a lot of wrestling is us just talking shit about each other. So I never take anything personally. And I'm surprised when we're in such a woke culture that we take everything as a stop saying WWE. Just enjoy it. If you don't like this person, perfect. It's more fuel to the fire. And if you do love them, you shout their name from the rooftops. I just look at it as wrestlers talking smack about other wrestlers, which is a key component of wrestling in the first place. And like that's that's perfect. And then he goes on to put over Kenny, which I know you would be very happy about. Kenny wrestled in DDT this weekend. He, oh, yeah, I did see it. was his old DDT theme. It was him and Riho, wasn't it? Yeah, he used his old DDT theme, and, like, it, there was there was some nonsense in the match, but, like, yeah, Kenny Omega's awesome. Kenny Omega, Babyface Eternal, uh, Cody Rhodes, Babyface, two weeks running. After tomorrow, let's see if it keeps going. You ever notice I've never picked Kenny for Babyface of the Week since you started this? Yeah. Because it's just a given. Yeah. Kenny Omega is my Babyface of the Week. No, no, it's like, uh, you remember the old Chuck Norris joke? Um, there's an asterisk at the beginning of every Guinness Book of World Record, and it says, um, all of these people are second place, Chuck Norris is first. That's what Kenny Omega is. Every week, it's just like, this is my second baby phase of the week. Kenny's first. Always. Always and forever. <laughs> this summer, two men save the world. From who you ask? Everything. Invading robo penises. This show is not about those two men. <laughs> this show's just a load of BS. The show where Blake Tanner and Scotty Moore make up dumbass movies like that. We're your personal think tank. We're your two white guys, which fills the quota for mm-hmm. a podcast, I think. And we're just gonna be here to have a good time and talk about sauerkraut. That's right, except no substitutes, ladies and gentlemen, because this is that pure, uncut PS. <laughs> good, good, uncut. So, Dylan, we've talked WWE not as much as usual, which makes me happy. We've talked AEW. We've talked once again about the fact that power is kind of like when we used to want Becky Lynch to win the title and it was never happening. That's us wanting to watch power. We're just like, it'll happen one day, but we just, it's not. There'll be a day where, like, I got the day off and I'll have, like, at that point, probably like eight hours. I'll just spend a day watching all the episodes of Power on like my couch on like on YouTube. Mm-hmm. But a last Sunday was an amazing pay per view where a few people crossed the line, and I'm not talking about Crown Jewel. So why don't we go talk about it with Captain Tibbs and Silver Spoon for another episode of JWF Monday Night War? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to JWF Monday Night War. I'm your host, 
Silver Spoon joined as always by a man who crossed the line last weekend. It's Captain Tear. That's right, Sills. I am the master of crossing lines and not dotting my T's because I didn't do that last week either. That's right, Tibbs, and we had some amazing matches as the JXT, our developmental territory, invaded and faced off against some of our JWF superstars. And Tibbs, I gotta say, I thought we'd sweep the board, but it really came out even. We, we won in the first match when the Dynasty defeated Team Ghazi, but of course lost when Gods on Parade defeated the VWO in the Wild-Eyed Southern Boys, and then... In the main event, something I never thought I would ever see, Momoa Curry and the Jebeduk in an Iron Man match, it went to a time limit draw. I know, Sills. Completely amazing. I never thought I'd see somebody take Momoa Curry to that kind of limit in that kind of match. That's right, Tibbs. But, I mean, Jebeduk, he fought. I mean, he got one of the first pinfalls. It shocked the entire universe. We didn't think that a JXT, a developmental superstar, could get one over on Momoa Curry, but he did. But Tibbs, I'll be honest with you, the most shocking thing about that match was not the match itself. It was not the draw. It was what happened after the match. Well, since we don't we don't really have to talk about that, it's all right. Uh, you know, I may have messed up a couple times. Well, Tibbs, I feel like it is only important to tell people at home we thought he was dead, we thought he was banished, but the Leviathan... Momoa Curry's demonic beast of a brother return at crossing the line, grabbing the JWF champion by the throat, choke slamming him into the mat, and what shocked the entire universe, Tibbs. You know, Sills, I, I can't say that I didn't expect it because I was the one that was supposed to seal him away again using the ancient rituals passed down from my family to family, you know, all that good stuff. I might have forgotten a little bit, got caught up in the pay-per-view, you know, it happens. Well, Tibbs, let's be honest, Momoa Curry, he was more shocked than anybody. He thought that he defeated the Leviathan in that heck in a sec match just a few short months ago. And Momoa Curry's in our ring right now, and I think he has got a response to the Leviathan. Let's have a listen. So, a lot happened last Sunday. I mean, not only did the beast known as the Leviathan return to the JWF and chokeslam me into this map, but it also marked the first moment in the past year that old Momoa didn't earn the W. No, the Jebeduk said he was going to push me to my limit, and he did just that. After a 15-minute grueling match, I had the Jebeduk dead to rights in the center of the ring, speared into that mat, and despite everything with only seconds left on the clock he kicked out it was a time limit draw and before we could give the people what they want that sudden death finish my brother decided to take a stand once again assaulting me slamming me into this mat like he's done so many times before i uh i'll be honest i, I thought he was gone I thought I had defeated him for the last time inside hell itself, but it appears not. It appears that he wants more. And I'm willing to give him more, so Leviathan, if you want a shot at your brother again, you've got... Tibbs! Tibbs, there it is, the music of Law Flambo, the team of Mojo, Gruff, and Honeypot, the men who brought the Leviathan back to life, the ones who resurrected him. And it looks like...
like they're coming out to confront Moa, and this can't end well, too. Not at all, Snopes. All right, well, let's hear what they got to say. Oh, Mamoa, Mamoa, Mamoa. How the tables have turned. You see, I understand what you want. I understand that you want a chance to destroy your brother once again, but we want something more. We want revenge. Revenge for locking away our master for so many years, keeping him contained and locked inside a cell to fume and fantasize about the moment that he got to return and destroy you like he did him. And you see, it only seems fair that this is Los Trios Tango season. Because as you very well know, that is the very match that used to destroy my master and lock him away forever. But you weren't alone, were you, Momoa? No, no, no. You cowardly recruited two other men to sacrifice at the altar of the Leviathan just so you could get in one lucky shot and send my master to the pit. And yet, somehow, to this day, those two men, they don't hate you. No, no, they revere you. They still call you the god that you are. Don't you, Tibbs? <laughs> <sighs> All right, now look here, son. I knew exactly what I was getting into when Momoa and I teamed up to take on the Leviathan in that match. I knew what had to be done to sacrifice everything to save the world. My life to keep that beast locked away. And don't you try to say anything different. <laughs> well, unfortunately, despite your best efforts, it appears that your little spell didn't take. Which is why now we want to turn the tables on you, Mama. Because we want to destroy you and lock you away in the very match where you did the same thing to your brother. Which is why La Flambeau formally challenges the god of the JWF to Los Trios Tangos. Really? You want to do this whole song and dance again with me? Well, guess what? You got it! Damn it, you've double got it. You know something? Old Tipsy might not be as good as he once was in the ring. Might not be the quick and agile man that I was. I got a few years on me now, but oh, there was a time. There was a time when I was as good as I ever was. And damn it, I run this whole damn show. I'm going to announce the first member of Team Momoa Curry. And it's me. It's me, Mojo. Captain Tibbs! You want to repeat history, damn it? You want to go back into the back in time? You want to blast from the past, and I'll smack your heads together, and we'll send that Leviathan straight back to hell where he belongs. Oh, oh my God, Tibbs! What are you thinking? I mean, that is a demon in that ring right there. I mean, the Leviathan, he took Momoa Curry to his limit. He nearly destroyed the god of the JWF. I mean, Bob Flambeau has killed him before they can do the same thing to you. What are you thinking? Phil, I've still got a few tricks up my sleeve. You know what? Old Tim's never backs down from a challenge like that. It's just not in my nature, damn it. Tim, I, I just... I don't know what, what you guys can do. It's only two on three. Who, 
I mean, who was that third man who joined you so many years ago to take out the Leviathan? Now, wouldn't you like to know? Uh, well, Tibbs, I mean, I guess it seems like we've got our first match made for Los Trios Tangos. The pay-per-view that is all about that very match where two teams, two trios face off in a grueling elimination match. We've had some amazing matches in the past. We've seen the Fight Boys take on the Elite. We've seen Team GWF versus Team WWE. Amazing things happen at Los Trios Tangos. But Tibbs, I want to talk about a few, I'll say signings you've made because of course, at Crossing the Line just last week, we saw the debut of the Wild-Eyed Southern Boys, the team of Sam Adams and Houston Longhorn. And as it was announced earlier today, Houston's joined the JWF. You've called up the JXT champion to the main roster. Tibbs, what are you thinking? You know, Sills, I think that Houston Longhorn's got a lot of talent. I also think he's got a, a real big mouth. He's writing a lot of checks. I want to see if he can cash him or someone's going to cash in on his ass and beat it all the way back to Texas. All right, Tibbs. Well, Houston is backstage with one of our top interviewers to uh, to basically respond to this amazing contract you've offered. Let's have a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, Don the Dad McDonald here with the man who faced off against God's on parade in a losing effort at crossing the line, Houston Longhorn. Now, Houston, I've got to ask, I mean, earlier today, Captain Tibbs, he offered you this amazing contract, but you've still got the JXT championship. You're still technically a JXT superstar. Why the hell are you here? Well, McDonald, I'll be honest with you. Old JXT's gotten a little boring for old Houston Longhorn. I mean, I spend all my days working, toiling in the ring, clanging and banging, as my friend Dwayne would say just to face some boring old ham and egger who doesn't hold a candle to me. You see, the truth is, I want real competition, and that competition is here in the JWF. You see, I never truly belonged in JXT. I belonged here in front of the millions of JWF fans, each of them showering me with the love and affection that you know the Longhorn deserves. JXT is for developing new talent and ain't no talent needing to be developed here. I am fresh and ready to go. So yes, I may be the JXT champion and I will defend that title to the day I die. But for now, Houston Longhorn has arrived in JWF and that is why I, now wait just a second, baby. Houston, listen, you ain't the only JXT superstar that old Captain Tibbs decided to float a contract to. You see, I am the funk master himself, Funky Flossy, y'all. And I'm here to give JWF a much-needed shot of rock and roll, rhythm, and soul. And to be honest with you, McDonald, baby, I think Tibbs made a much better deal when he signed me over when he signed this mint julep drinking JBL wannabe. Oh, oh really? Why don't you prove it, baby? Next week, we'll see who the true standout from JXT is because I'm going straight to Captain Tibbs and demanding a match against the Funk Master General. And believe me, my friend, you're going to see while I'm the champion of JXT, the main event, and you 
could barely make it on the opening match. See you next week, Funk Man. Look, Tibbs, I mean, it looks like Houston's gonna come here, but I don't think we need to worry about it. Is it on? Are we gonna see Houston versus Funky Flossie next week in a battle of debut and talent? I, I guess so. I mean, they basically did just set it up. What am I gonna say to my two new signees? No, I'm not that kind of guy. That's right, Tibbs. But of course, speaking of the JXT, speaking of these developmental talents, let's talk about crossing the line where in the opening match, the dynasty, the team of the Dylan Blake Tanner and Scotty Moore, formerly known as the Fight Boys, took on Team Gazi, the team of Gazi, the JXT standout, your son, Chuck Tibbs, and then a third man. A third man we've never seen in this company, JXT or otherwise, Tibbs. Big boy. That's right, Tibbs. The beast, the behemoth known as War. Of course, uh, last weekend said it was going to be his last matches. He wanted to have the biggest matches of his career, and he did when he came out to the ring to face the Dynasty. And, and Tibbs, honestly, we thought War was a one-man wrecking crew. He defeated the Dylan picked him up, picked him up on his shoulders like it was nothing breaking his back. We saw him take out Scotty and Blake with a huge chaos eater into the mat. And I'll be honest, if it wasn't for Blake Tanner and that silver bullet super kick, I honestly think War would have sweeped the whole board. You know, Silva, it was a, it was an amazing effort. That, how that behemoth, that monster War came in, he took down two of the dynasty like it was nothing. He was on his way to defeating the third, giving him a clean sweep. If it was not for that last ditch effort by Blake Tanner, then Team Gazi would be in the ring right now. That's right, Tibbs, but instead the dynasty are in the ring to respond to their victory over Team Gazi and to respond to what happened after the match. At crossing the line, despite Gazi's best efforts, the Dynasty once again proved why we are the best damn group in this business. Why we are four men that are not to be trifled with. I mean, Gazi, that little son of a bitch did literally everything. He brought in a seven-foot beast, a behemoth known as War, a man who has never stepped foot in a JWF ring before, and what happened? His head got kicked off his shoulders, and we made sure he's never gonna step foot in our ring again. And it's all thanks to this man. You know him, you love him, it's he, the B to the L-A-K-E, that's right, Blake Tanner! Thank you, thank you, thank you. Completely right, 100% correct. But despite that, despite everything that happened at Crossing the Line, I feel like something's a little off. Something's a little wrong here. You see, once again, despite my fantastic, astounding, amazing performance, despite me taking my whole self to the limit and being the last man standing at the end of that hellacious, terrible match, well, no one just wants, no one, no one wants to talk about old Blakey T. No, don't, don't think. No, no, no. All they want to talk about is what happened after the match. After the most exciting match of that night. After one of the greatest comebacks you could ever see 
and then me kicking his damn head off. No, they want to talk about when I was so rudely interrupted in my celebrations by the return of the Hammer Man. Oh, boy. Oh my god, the Hammer Man's back. We thought he was dead. We thought Blake Tanner actually kicked his fucking head off. Oh, la di frickin' da. I can't believe he's returned. La da ba 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 That's all I heard after the show. Come on, people. This once again proves just how idiotic each and every one of you is in the JWF fandom. I put on this show-stopping performance. I shoot war in the head with my silver bullet. And all you seem to care about is the return of a man whose head I also crushed with a steel chair just a few short weeks ago. The JWF universe is a cult obsessed with failures. Men who can just never see to come in and get the job done. And it's alright, I understand. I understand why they feel that way. I understand why they attach themselves to these complete and utter wrecks of human beings. It's because guys like the Hammer Man remind them of themselves. People who fail at every turn. And despite all their hard work, they always end up losing to a more talented, more handsome, and just better all-around person like us. Like us in the dynasty, like me, Blake Tanner, and that is why... Oh, Tibbs! Tibbs, it's the music of the VWO, the Hammerman, his brothers Griffin and Justin coming out to the ring, and Tibbs, they certainly don't seem happy. Mm, not at all. Oh, the big brothers are back. That's right, Tibbs, and there they are, standing at ringside, looking up at the Dynasty. But, Tibbs, I gotta say, there's only three members of the VWO, four members of the Dynasty. I know these guys want to fight, but I don't think it'll be a winning effort. What do you think? Not unless the VWO can pull out a one-hit wonder. Oh, oh I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, were you guys coming out here for a fight? Because, yeah, I, I, I was there the last time we fought you, and... It didn't exactly turn out well for you. In fact, if I remember correctly, you three ended up spending the night in the hospital while we went out and drank the night away. So please, I dare you to step foot in my ring and we'll make sure you spend a few more nights in the infirmary while we go and celebrate like the dynasty always do. Well, Tibbs, it looks like the, the VWO aren't backing down. They're stepping up on the ring apron, holding onto the ropes. The Dynasty getting ready for a fight. We are about to have an all-out brawl right now, Tibbs. I, I just don't see what the VWO's plan is here, Sills. I, I mean, I love the Hammerman to death. Griffin and Justin are two competent competitors, but once they have, they have this numbers advantage against them. That's right, Tibbs. Well, wait a minute. Tibbs, is that... Tips it is! It's the music of Clint Clouds, the patriarch of the Cloud Clan. We haven't seen him in the JWF for nearly two years. Not seen him since Los Trios Tangos in 2017. And Tips, the dynasty, it looks like they've seen a ghost. I didn't think old Clint would ever come back to a JWF ring. Look at him, he's in great shape. That's right, and they're hitting the ring, Tips! 
the BWO rush in the ring. One stronger, and they are taking it to the dynasty. Each of them just wailing on a member of this dominant tag team. And now, Clint, he's got Scott Moore, a former tag team partner, a former enemy, picking him up and slamming him down with a big slam. Meanwhile, Scotty Moore, the leader of the dynasty, rolling to the outside frantically, trying to help the rest of his familia escape. But Tibbs, I'll be honest, I don't think this is over. The VWO, they're standing proudly in the ring with their returning father, the patriarch Clint Clouds, and Tibbs' business just picked up. Damn right, Sills. It looks like we're going to have a proper war on our hands. That's right. Well, Tibbs, war was in the, the match at Crossing the Line. He's no, not no, gonna... not, the, not the man, the act, the concept of... The, the, uh, oh, the, okay. Yeah. Well, well, Tibbs, I mean, this is exciting. I can't wait to see what happens next week when we hear from the returning Clint Clouds or what happens when Funky Flossie takes on Houston Longhorn in a battle of JXT standouts. And then, of course, I mean, who knows what's going to be next? Who knows who's going to join Team Momoa as they face off against La Flambeau? But in order to find out, you're going to have to tune in next time to JWF Monday Night War. So, Dylan, it's been one hell of an episode. What did you learn this week? I learned that we have the like the future enjoyment to look forward to of not knowing with pay-per-views from companies outside of the WWE. Yeah, and I learned that my new dream match in New Japan is a pig fighting two cats in a handicap match. It's going to be phenomenal. It's going to be like the match they had at uh, CEO two years ago. We're fucking... Oh, yeah, we're, we're, who was it? Uh, freaking... I think it was a bushy. It was a bushy fucking, like, like need... Daryl and everybody booed him. <laughs> I've seen Kota Bushi get booed. Yeah, yeah. So uh, until next time, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Dick and Stormy. Honestly, at this point, I should probably get a new Twitter, but like the the joke behind that is like so old and so dear to my heart that I I can't. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, Blake can be found in Saudi Arabia at an airport screaming about whiskey. Or you can find him at Blake A. Tanner on Twitter or on the Darkroom Vidya on YouTube. That's Darkroom V-I-D-Y-A. And you can find me on Twitter at Scotty Mo S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. Buy all my books on Amazon. Check out my new show, Me Again, on the BS Network at a load of pure BS.com. In addition to all the other shows from a load of BS to opposite attractions, they're all available for you to check out at a load of pure BS. And special thanks to Mega Rand, who I'm I'm 90% sure just doesn't know we're using his song. <laughs> I'm not at this point. We're gonna see him at the next like like uh AEW event we go to where he's there. Yeah. Like, hey, just a heads up, because we we really don't want to be like below the table with the we've been <laughs> using the first 15 seconds of champions for like six months. And of course, remember to support the show, whether that be on Patreon, patreon.com slash a load of BS, pick up some merch at merch.aloadofpurebs.com and rate us on Podchaser. It's like IMDB for podcasts. It just started up and we're one of the few shows on it. So make sure to support us, rate us on there so we can shoot to the top of the Podchaser charts. We were on a list for audio drama 
And I guess that's because of JWF, but I don't know. It was a really cool moment. And as always, you can find us at alertofpurebs.com. Step up to the merch table at merch.alertofpurebs.com. Find us on Facebook, donate to the Patreon, subscribe on YouTube, and remember to follow us on Twitter at Fight Boy Show Orange Cassidy, because when you're a fight boy, you're a fight boy for life. <laughs>